All is right in the world. All is right in the world. I just got out of the hot tub. I'm in my robe right now. Just having some non-alcoholic beer because I have work tomorrow here. (laughs) Just enjoying myself because the Yankees, in fact, have moved on and are now playing the Houston Astros in the ALCS starting tomorrow. They're actually flying to Houston probably uh, right now as we speak. But uh, Derek, how we doing, man? You were actually at the game today. Tell me, man, what was the atmosphere like? What was it like when, uh, you know, it was it was officially over? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, Now, I was concerned at first because, you know, four o'clock game. I didn't want there to be, you know, you want that home field advantage. Um, And I prefer those night games. I feel like you get the best crowds. It was definitely a late arriving crowd. But with how the Yankees just responded uh, immediately, in the first sitting, like from there, it was such a fun atmosphere. Like everyone was, was really into it, and it was a jovial, you know, sort of crowd. And you know, everyone was excited. Like we, we've been waiting for the Yankees versus the Astros, and Cleveland yep. really pushed the Yankees to the brink. And we'll talk about it. I mean, look, there could be some repercussions for the fact that it did take this long um, in the way that things are set up, but. We had to get to Yankees Ashes. We spoke about that all year long. Everything was was we were waiting for this. We've been waiting really years for this to to happen. And look, we'll see what happens between the Yankees and the Ashes. We just needed to get there just to see how it plays out. And so I couldn't be happier after the despair of Saturday night and just how bad that was. And the Yankees, look, they were close to being eliminated, but they Give them credit for for fighting back a couple of elimination games, and they were able to to get it done. Absolutely, yeah. Because the last time we spoke, it was right after that game three loss, and uh, things were very bleak. But uh, yeah, they stepped up in game four. Garrett Cole stepped up; he really did. I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of Yankee fans were expecting the worst, and uh, he really came through. And yeah, I mean, all the credit to him. And yeah, today was just absolute. I mean, you know. Just right off the bat, you know, getting that three-run homer from Standen was uh, just made you feel pretty good. You know, we felt pretty secure. Um, I guess let's just get right into it. Yeah, I mean, let's just kick it off. Well, what, what one thing we'll, we will note real quick is because you were supposed to go to the game yesterday, there was the rain out. And I feel like this rain out played a huge part in this game. And because yes. of this game, we got, you know, we started with Nestor Cortez. So let's just take it from the top with Nestor. Yeah, so that's a great, great point to bring up, like, and huge to the result of this game, potentially. So it sucked having, you know, just from the level of, you know, sitting through it, definitely was not fun. Um, And of course, it was really all within that seven to 10 span. Before that, weather was good. After that, weather was pretty good, but it it would have been weird to have played such an important game at like 10 p.m. Eastern time. It just, it, it, it wouldn't have felt right. But as far as how it pertained to uh, the Yankees and the Guardians, look, this was an advantage for the Yankees uh, for for a number of reasons. And namely, Nestor Cortez, who has really been our boy all season long. Uh, like Super we, Mario, we, man. We wanted him in this spot. On three days rest, so I was concerned, you know, how would he do on three days rest? Yep. Um, but this went from going with Tyone to Cortez, which even on three days rest is what you want. On the flip side... Cleveland did not go with Shane Bieber on three days rest. And, and I I wonder why. I mean, obviously, we're not as plugged into the, the Guardians, but I, mm-hmm. Francona 
had to have had a good reason. I mean, from a Yankee fan's perspective, them going with Aaron Savale was what the Yankees needed. I mean, Cleveland has a very good bullpen. The, the recipe was, you know, was exactly what the Yankees did, was get to Savali early, take the lead, and it's exactly what happened. Yeah. On top of that, from a bullpen standpoint, Cleveland was all rested and ready to go. The Yankees getting that day off really was key in terms of Wandy had pitched, um, you know, three straight days to that point. And, in fact, he actually uh, – it, it's a record. It's a division uh, series record for pitching – you know, all five games. Unreal. We'll talk about Wandy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even Clay Holmes, even Garrett Cole was available. Garrett Cole was warming up in the ninth inning. He if, was. If one, more, if one more guy got on, Garrett Cole might be coming in for Stephen Kwan. So just that all worked out for the Yankees. After what I will say, I thought that that first rain out went Cleveland's favor. So it was kind of interesting how it all kind of – evened itself out just a little bit um, because I really felt like the Yankees totally lost that home field crowd. The bullpen was in a tough spot after, you know, the game in between game one and game two. So long story short, this really helped the Yanks and, you know, and, and just getting into the play by play. Yeah. Um, and again, same lineup for the Yankees, um, which made sense coming off of game four. Uh, same starting lineup. There were some changes that we'll discuss. Yep. But in the first inning, Nestor, you know, leadoff single for Stephen Kwan. And Stephen Kwan is a very, he's a very good player. Really, really tough to get out. Doesn't really strike out at all. Stephen Kwan, like, that's the type of guy I want on my team. Yeah. Um, and I thought really him and I guess Jose Ramirez, really Stephen Kwan, I think more than anyone was great. So giving him his credit. But Nestor is able to, to get out of that. I mean, Ahmed Rosario bunts, and, uh, you know, it goes to it's, – it, it's popped up to Jose Trevino. So, like, what could have been a bad inning isn't. Nestor gets out of it. And so we go to the first. Savale was clearly, like, mentally shaken. Yeah. Um, and, and I want you to, like, you know, give, give some feedback as well yeah. because, you know, because seeing it at the game is, is a lot different than, than seeing it on TV. But from my vantage point, it seemed like Savale w- was shaken up a bit. Um and evidenced by a four-pitch walk to Glaber to start it out. Uh, then Aaron Judge does strike out, uh, but it was a good day for Judge. It was, but he strikes out there. Then Rizzo, a, a nice at-bat, and, and it ends up being hit by a pitch. That's the Anthony Rizzo special. We know that. You know, Not only is he good at, at drawing walks, but he's up there in Major League Baseball history. Is, is uh, you know, I think he's top 10 in hit-by-pitches uh, ever. That's crazy. So, And then it leads to Giancarlo Stanton, who... Like, he has been just a godsend in, in the postseason in recent years. Um, and, and I was looking for him to get something done. He was someone – I was looking for the big – you know, for the big guys in the lineup to contribute. And Stanton smashes a three-run homer to right center field. And, like, that was – offensively, like, that was the hit of the game. Absolutely, and it, I think it was a 2-0 count, too, so I think Stanton knew something was coming for him, and, yeah, he crushed that. And it was just such a satisfying feeling. It was just right over the right field porch, classic Yankee fan uh, home run. Um, yeah, that was just – you felt so good, and I'm sure being there, everyone was probably just, like, mm-hmm. freaking out. Just all that stress just, like, leaves your body temporarily. I mean, it did come back in waves, but – Anyway, yeah, that was that was huge. And like you said, yeah, the, you know, he Savali was just off from the get go. I mean, you could, you know, obviously with Glaber and then hitting Rizzo, you could tell he was shaky. And then, yeah, two more balls and then bam. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, like this was the moment of the game for me. Like, I mean, from the offensive side of things. Um, and the Yankees did score a little bit more. Uh, but, like, yeah. this was the key to success. Huge. And, John, and Giancarlo Stanton smashes one out uh, and gives the Yankees a 3 nothing lead. Uh, Josh Donaldson would then reach on an infield single, and that would be all for Savali. Savali goes one-third of an inning. And so it's on to the Cleveland bullpen from there. Not the way Terry Francona had envisioned it. Although, if I'm Terry, like, I'm just not using Savali. Even if it's not Bieber and three days rest, I just... Go, go somewhere else, but I'll take it. Henches comes on, um, and he finishes the inning, and so it's 3-0. Uh, Nestor is back out for the second, goes 1-2-3. And then at the bottom of the second, with Henches still on and two out, Aaron Judge, who um, had home running game three. But other than that, like it's been a struggle, uh, and especially at home. And and Judge, of course, as he does, we've seen Judge do this. Uh, there's, there was a stat in winner-take-all games, which, which includes wild-card games, um, that he homers in these winner-take-all games, and he does it here. Uh, so similar to Judge, goes oppo. This one was a little bit more of a sky pop where a stands was just a line drive. And the Yanks mm-hmm. take a 4-0 lead, so you're feeling even better about things. Um, in the third is when it gets... It's most interesting uh, from a Cleveland scoring perspective. Austin Hedges lead off single. I Hedges, it was just annoying. I mean, between walks and and just Hedges is really not a, a good hitter at all. But anyway, Hedges gets on. Then Straw pops out, and then you have a play where Stephen Kwan and, and it's really been mostly Kwan and Ramirez who have had a propensity for these bloop hits to left. And what happens is it's three men colliding. It is Aaron Hicks in left, as Walter Cabrera in short, and Josh Donaldson at third. Now, Donaldson kind of veers off a little bit, and it becomes a situation between Hicks and Cabrera. Now, that's Hicks's ball. Hicks is the outfielder. It's his ball. Um, I, I believe he was probably calling for it. He was. Um, and, and maybe as Waldo just did, as Waldo was calling for it as well, I guess he didn't hear him. Yeah. yeah it, mm-hmm. and, and they collide. The ball drops. It's a it's a fair ball, and so you got that part of it. Then Aaron Hicks is on the ground, and Aaron Hicks ends up hurting his knee, and it comes out after the game that he will be done for the for the remainder of the season. Um, I believe he at least six weeks. Nothing was really official. I think it was more word of mouth from Hicks, but if the player itself is saying it, he's done. So. A very ironic ending to the season for Aaron Hicks. This this play was not his fault. Um, really, as Waldo should have just cleared out of the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, this that could have been it for Aaron Hicks as a Yankee. That's a conversation for another day. But um, we'll discuss after we break down this game. You know, the potential roster for the next round, but that mm-hmm. will not include Aaron Hicks. So you, you go, Casey. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just going to say very unfortunate for Hicks. And, you know, obviously this year was very tough on him. Um, yeah, just to see him kind of go out that way was very unfortunate. I mean, Oswaldo Cabrera, man, you better watch out, man. That dude is dangerous, man. You know, it's, <laughs> if it's either plop, you know, uh, he's playing left field and letting things fall in front of him or he's uh, taking out our left fielder. So, um, but yeah, Marwin Gonzalez ended up taking uh, taking over for Hicks. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Marwin takes over for Hicks. And, and as far as Oswaldo Cabrera goes, look, I think we're, we're in a spot right now where, uh, and, and I do want to leave this for after in terms of that next ALCS roster. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you might go back to Connor Fluff at short. You might, I mean, I want Oswald Peraza 
me personally. Right. I don't know if that'll happen, but Cabrera, I, I wouldn't say that the shortstop experience was necessarily an amazing one, uh, to be completely fair. Um, but but anyway, Marwin comes in for Hicks, um, which people thought at the time, oh, well, maybe they'll just move Oswald over to left and then put kind of left foot short. That didn't happen there, but it would happen later. So Marwin's in there, and then there's a four-pitch walk to Rosario. So that leaves bases loaded, one out, four-nothing game for Jose Ramirez. And on this Ramirez at bat, and Casey, I'm going to ask you this uh, after I say it, but Ramirez hits a shot down the left field line. Now, uh, watching the game, like, I'm nervous at this point. Like, is this fair or foul? Do you remember this, this uh, Ramirez foul ball down the line, or was it? If you didn't, then, then it probably wasn't close. Yeah, I don't really recall. So, yeah, I think it, it seemed pretty definitive to me. Okay. One of those things where, from my vantage point, yeah. it must have been clearly fouled. Right off the bat, I'm thinking, like, fuck, this could be a game-time grand slam. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And then Jose Ramirez hits a sack fly. Run scores, makes it 4-1, and then Oscar Gonzalez flies out. So, like, that was a – the momentum felt like it turned on that Hicks injury play. But luckily, it's still 4-1. Trevor Steffen replaces Henches, goes one, two, three in the fourth. Sorry, in the third. Uh, top of the fourth, Nestor settling back in, goes one, two, three. Henches does as well. In the fifth inning, Nestor goes one, two, three again. So, so Cortez finishes out strong. So let's like let, let, let's stop it right there. Mm-hmm. Cortez goes five innings, three hits, one earned run, um, only one walk. So it wasn't as if Nestor was over. I mean, Nestor never is overpowering, but the, you know the strikeouts weren't there. But you expect that Cleveland—they don't strike out much. They're a contact team. But like Nestor, besides that third inning, um, and even then, like a bit unlucky uh, and, and a four-pitch walk. But mm-hmm. let's just talk about. I mean, Cortez. Um, He—he's a big-time story today. Big time. I mean, you know, three days rest, like you mentioned. Um... I mean, he just, he stepped up to the plate. I mean, plain and simple, you know, I don't know if, you know, Jamison Tyone is probably not giving you that outing with all the rest that he had with all due respect. Um, you know, Cortez is, uh, we felt for a long time, our number one guy, you know what I mean? Even, but I know Cole is the main man because of the money and everything, but you know, it, it's one A and one B then because Nestor is, is just, is right up there with him. You know, that, that's the one, two punch right there. Yeah, Nestor, you got to love him. Like, for, from where he was to where he is now, like, we, we've gone over that ad nauseum. Uh, it never gets old. Yeah. But but Nestor, uh, just in this situation, it's not easy to do. And look, case in point, Shane Bieber, they, they chose not to go with him in three days rest. Right. Whatever that reason might have been, who knows? So, like, look, this is not something that's just easily done. And Nestor takes Nestor takes the ball and he's efficient. It's almost you know I think of Wandy Peralta in that way. Nestor Cortez, uh, sixty one pitches in five innings. I mean that that is beautiful and exactly what you're looking for. So Nestor uh, g- g- gives you five, and so now we'll we'll head over to the bullpen. Yep. Bottom of the fifth though, Yankees add on a very key run. Uh, Stefan's still on. Glaber walks, and it's nice to see Glaber walking. I, that was a big criticism of mine. Earlier in Glaber's career, he would draw base on balls, but then there was a stretch this year where, like, it was – he wouldn't walk at all. Nice to see he's being a little bit selective. And so Glaber with a leadoff walk, and he's still second. Uh, kind of just – and sometimes he's a little too aggressive, but he caught Stefan napping and, you know, goes over to second. Judge, unfortunately, does strike out. I, I, I hope next year is against the Astros that he can cut down on the strikeouts. Let's and hope. so, Jay- 
And and so then James Karinchuk comes on to replace Stefan. And Anthony Rizzo, one of the few guys in this team that I that I uh, like in, in terms of getting that RBI single. There aren't that many guys in the team that can do that. The Yankees are very home run dependent. But Anthony Rizzo, big RBI single to make it 5-1. So that four-run lead is back. That felt pretty big at the time. Um, and so, yeah, 5-1. check finishes out the fifth. We go to the sixth. Jonathan Loisaga. Jonathan Loisaga has really we're going to talk about a couple of pitchers that hopefully have straightened themselves out and Loisaga is one of them last year Casey when it came to Loisaga um he was probably pound for pound over the course of the season like the number one guy in the pen now now when now by the time the season ended you know Clay Holmes had emerged and but Loisaga was like honestly worthy of of an all-star game you know if the timing had worked out differently but he, he really struggled uh, to start the season, and then he went on the IL. It was kind of like, you know, what's going to happen with Loisaga? And at this point, you know, when this happened, like Michael King was still amazing and healthy, and, you know, you just didn't really know what Loisaga's role was going to be. But thank God he came back healthy and pitches two really, really strong innings today. This was this was huge to get those six outs by Loisaga. He um, gets into a little bit of trouble at first, and, and that's just part of Loisaga's game. He gets a lot of grounders, and so that leads to some, you know, some tough plays. And you know, he gets kind of hurt by that on the Ahmed Rosario infield single right. uh, to start the inning, and then Jose Ramirez gets a clean single, makes it first and second, but he's able to maneuver out. Oscar Gonzalez hits a soft tapper to Donaldson. They get the out at first. The runners move over. And then Josh Naylor, that's uh, surprising the first time I brought him up, but um, <laughs> Naylor lines out. He did it hard, but he lines out to Cabrera. And then Arias, big strikeout. Like, you know, I remember like that moment. Second and third, two out, Arias strikes out. Like, that was really, really big moment right there. Uh, and so the Yankees hold that 5-1 lead. We go to the bottom of the six. Um there's a first and second spot uh, with one out, and they go to Matt Carpenter uh, off the bench for Marwin. And Carp didn't look too good there. Um, and that's a tough at-bat versus Karen Chuck. Um, I would expect to see more Matt Carpenter in the Astros series. So hopefully he's getting his feet wet a little bit. But Carp strikes out. Glaber strikes out. And we go to the seventh. And then Loisaga. And this is where they move kind of for left with a short. And Oswaldo Cabrera to left. I kind of thought they were just going to go straight Tim Locastro to left field. I kind of thought that they had soured on Connor Falefa, but but not so much. Um, and so I have to short Oswaldo to left. And Loisaga strikes out Andre Simenez. Good job. And then Owen Miller, another. I mean, Cleveland is full of soft hits. They just are. Um, it's part of their game. And Owen Miller uh, gets an infield single as a pinch hitter. But then Loisaga gets Straw to ground out and Quan to ground out, which also reminds me that I forgot to mention earlier that there was a ground out. Uh, must have been with Nestor. Yes. The fourth inning, Andres Jimenez, he beat out Rizzo to first. But Francona didn't challenge it for some reason. And interestingly enough, Francona challenged in game four unsuccessfully twice. So I'm almost wondering if that was in his head where it's like, all right, I don't want to get another wrong challenge. Not that there's that much risk to doing it, but figured I'd mention that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Yankees caught a break by him not challenging. So Loisaga goes those two innings. Brilliant again. 
Um, and in the bottom of the seventh, Judge singles. Stanton lines out uh, in that inning also. Like, Stanton's on the ball right now, uh, even though, like, the batting average isn't there. Yeah. And Emmanuel Classe comes on for Karen Chuck, who strikes out Donaldson. Uh, so it's always a good thing. When you can get Emmanuel Classe, who's arguably the best reliever in baseball, when you can get him in the game when they're trailing by four, uh, that's that's good stuff. So we head to the eighth inning. Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes. This is like the best inning I've seen from Clay Holmes in a while. For real. He's been, he's been trending in the right direction, right? But I, I feel like this was, I mean, no walk. Yeah, strikes out Rosario right. I was going to say it's always it, at least it starts off with a walk at least, even if it There's ends always, up being okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we saw this series. Yeah. I thought, all right, he gets two outs. All right, three and zero out for Gonzalez. Here comes the walk. No, he fights back and he strikes out Gonzalez. If we can get, yeah, anywhere close to first half Clay Holmes, please. That that yeah. would be huge. So you know, Clay pitches a one, two, three, eighth inning. Classe gets through the bottom of the eighth. wasn't pretty, but he gets through it. And so the remain the score remain, uh, remains five one. We go to the ninth. At that time, I was thinking maybe there was a chance that they would stick with Holmes. He'd only thrown fifteen pitches, and you know I, I kind of like the idea of Holmes and Wandy cleaning up the mess as opposed to vice versa. I like Wandy as kind of that fireman, but they figured we're just gonna go straight to Wandy. Um, and I'm never going to complain with that. Uh, and he gets Naylor to ground out, and that was, you know, amazing for the fans. Uh, you know, Naylor goes hitless today. He went 0 for 4. And then Arias uh, singles a, on a um, – it was a tough play um, where – I think that was one where Connor Faleff – trying to remember how that went. No, 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 I'm sorry. This was the play where Glaber tries to barehand it. And I think he might have just been better served trying to just go for it clean. He might have mm-hmm. been safe anyway. But again, another example of just a, a, a scratched out Cleveland single. Andre Samana strikes out. Luke Maley actually does keep the game alive. I thought Wandy was going to finish it there. But Maley singles and that leads it to Miles Straw. And as we found it after the game, Garrett Cole apparently was going to come in for Stephen Kwan. Which I find kind of weird that they would have done that considering... Wandy Quan would have been lefty-lefty, um, and Cole had given up a homer to Quan, and Cole gives up home runs. So we never get there, and Straw grounds out to kind of Falefa, who, look, like, you always hold your breath when it goes there. When it, I mean, it was a pretty easy ground ball, but when I saw it, I'm thinking, oh, no, like, he might fuck this up. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, anything's possible with him. Yeah. Anything's possible with him. He doesn't. And what was pretty cool, I didn't notice this as it happened, but I saw a replay, Glaber mocks Josh Naylor for the final out. That's great. Like, I love that stuff after you've won. I don't like giving anyone bulletin board material. After you've won, go Glow. for it. And, and, yeah. And so that was great. Um, like, love to see that. And the Yankees win 5-1. Uh, like, exactly the way that you would have wanted it to go. Nestor for five. You get Lawazga for two. Uh, Holmes for one, and then Wandy for one. And that was kind of, we didn't know what the circle of trust was going to be going to the postseason. Well, we kind of know what it is, and it's Wandy, Holmes, and Loazaga with some other guys kind of on the outskirts. But um, very, very happy that the Yankees were able to win this series. It was so impressive, yeah. I mean, and, you know, kind of like we mentioned earlier, but on the offensive side, you know, the fact that we were able to beat up on them early, you know, because we knew that their bullpen was going to give us trouble, uh, that was just that was huge. Um, so just offensively and defensively, I just wanted to make that point. Um, just really an all around team effort. And hey, you know, maybe that Naylor thing probably had a little bit more fuel to the fire. Probably not the smartest thing on his part because you're going back to Yankee Stadium after this. And 
So, but whatever, we'll take it. You know, we'll take anything we could get, any mental, you know, motivation, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, we're on to the Astros tomorrow, which is kind of crazy. I mean, uh, basically, um, it's going to be very interesting. Looks like Tyone is going to be the game one starter. I think they uh, confirmed that actually before game five even started, which sometimes I'm like, why are you bringing this up? You know, like, let's get through this first. But anyway, right. It's all all old news. But yeah, Tyone for for game one of this ALCS, man. Yeah, Tyone for game one. Uh, and I wonder in the history of the four professional, the four major sports, how many times, I mean, I guess it's probably happened before, but it can't be too often, where you have no days in between rounds. Yeah. I mean, got to be extremely rare. So, I mean, that's tough. Look, I, I, it looks like they had a nice celebration, but, you know, good for it to be subdued anyway. As much as this is a great – you should celebrate all of these. But, look, like, you beat Cleveland. It's great. Um, and it sounds like they had a good celebration. But now you, you go to Houston. This is this is it. This like, is it. this is – this is what I think both teams kind of knew that this collision course was going to happen. And the Ashes got there sooner than the Yankees did. Um, but the Yankees get there. And like you said, Jamison Tyone versus Justin Verlander in game one. Now, Verlander did get hit hard against the Mariners. You can't love this matchup. You just can't. No, no. Um, like I, I look at these first two games and, you know, I, I've made a big deal about this. And I'm going to stand behind it as well that I really think that while the Yankees still got the bye they still won the division like you know the record was still very respectable what they did lose when they got into their tailspin was they did lose home field advantage against the Astros and I really really think in a 2-3-2 format when games six and seven are both at Houston that's tough for me like that that's tough and so when I'm in mapping this out Really, I really would love a split in Houston. And, and game two, we don't know exactly the problems. If I had to guess, I think for the Yankees, it's almost certainly Severino is going to be game two. I think that's almost definite. And then for the Astros, I would think Framber Valdez, uh, the lefty. Um, so for me, I'm look, I'm being realistic here. I mean, would I love the Yankees win both of Houston? Of course. I, but like, I just think you have to be real about it. Like, it's just, it's not going to be easy, especially when you have a, a taxed Yankee bullpen just coming off this Cleveland series. So I'm hoping the Yankees can find a way to, to split. And the real key here is finding a way to be up 3-2 going back to Houston. Now, that was unsuccessful in 2017. Um, but because I just don't think the Yankees could win this in five. That would be amazing if they could do it. I just, I don't think that they can. And so the next best thing is the Yankees have to find a way to split in Houston, win two out of three against the Astros and slay the dragon really back to the scene of the crime. If we're being honest, like Houston's the scene, that's where the bad moments happen. The Yankees were, you know, in 17, very strong at home. The road, that's, you know, the whole, the whole cheating stuff and the Altuve homer, it would almost be fitting if it did happen at Houston. And I think you're going to have to do it that way. It's going to have to be like that. So um, you're going to have Cole in game three. You're going to have Nestor in game four. Keep in mind this too. It's very weird this year, the scheduling of it. 
you have game one and two off day, and then it's three through seven straight. There is no off day travel day between five and six. It's I don't like how they're fitting this all in. I don't know if it was because of the postpone, uh, you know, the the first week of the season getting pushed back. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but they're really like cramming this in, and it's just kind of crazy. And yet they decided to have an off day. Uh, in the Cleveland series between games one and two when it was at Yankee Stadium in both games. I mean, that just doesn't make logical sense. They need to fix that. But anyway, um, I, I think that, look, you get Cole in three, you get Cortez in four, and and then I guess Nestor, the, the, you're not going to see a whole lot of Nestor in this series, unfortunately, for that reason. Now, look, maybe there's rainouts that kind of affect things, you know, for the Yankee games, but just wanted to give a look ahead of what it's going to be and you know look like you're only you might only have Cole for three and then and then a three days rest game seven like there's a lot of dependence on like a Jamison Tyone who very well might pitch two who might start two games in the series like I don't think that, I don't think that was part of the blueprint but this Cleveland series going as extended as it did put the Yankees in the situation yeah, yeah. I mean, you make an excellent point. It would be obviously idea if we could somehow split in in Houston. You know, if Tyone can somehow string together a, a good enough performance where the offense comes through. I mean, I, that's really I feel like how we're gonna have to approach all of these games. Really, is that we're gonna have to find a way to get to Verlander. You know what I mean? We have to get to the starting pitching somehow. And 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 score some runs, you know, the uh, the Houston is just always we we strike out constantly against Houston, never generate any kind of runs. I mean, that doubleheader, you know, the last time we played them was embarrassing. So, you know, it, we it's going to be tough. Like you said, I mean, it's I, I, I'm assuming that it had to be because of the strike that this the, these games are being so squished together. But uh, very unfair to the players and, you know, the quality of play probably is slightly diminished because of it. it's hard to say that it is, it can't be um, or it isn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking ahead, I, it, it's it's unfortunate that, like you said, Cole is in three, Nestor in four. I mean, right. I mean, Nestor maybe just comes in for some bullpen stuff in game seven or something like that if it, if it can't. But that's it. Yep. You know, it's very it, – it, it's shitty. We kind of need Seve and – Tyone really to step up here. You're absolutely right. That's going to be the key. There's a lot of reliance on them. And let, let's segue that into the roster discussion. Yeah. So well, let's start from let's start pitching because that's what we're talking about right now. Um, I I do foresee a couple of changes. Hopefully, now Ron Marinaccio had been out with a shin injury. He says he's ready to go now. That doesn't mean we'll talk about another player who also says he's ready to go where I don't know if that means anything, but take it for what it's worth. If Marinaccio is healthy, that would be really nice to get his arm in there. You know, we saw how good he was. The Yankees, they need, uh, you know, some guys that you can add to that mix. There's certain people they don't trust. Um, And so I, I think Marinaccio joins the roster, assuming he's healthy. Now, someone that they've discussed that I really don't want anything to do with this roster is Frankie Montaz. I mean, it's almost like, and look, he's under contract next year, but it's almost like Cashman's trying to make this right. It's like, oh, I got to get something out of this. Um, And maybe, you know, there is that AOS um, familiar 
Uh, True, right. You know, opponent for Montas being in Oakland, and, right. and there might have been good career numbers. Uh, Houston does struggle more against right-handers, for, for what it's worth. You might see Montas on this roster. I, I would expect, if those are the two guys that come in, and, and it might not be, I would think that Lucas Lickie and or Miguel Castro are at most risk of being replaced. We, we never saw them in the series. Someone else we didn't see was Domingo Herman. Uh, I was waiting to see him. He did warm up in game three. I would expect him to play somewhat of a big role against the Astros. It might be a situation where, I mean, hopefully Tyone does well enough where it doesn't get to this point, but it might be like a Tyone Herman sort of combo tomorrow where Tyone goes three or four, Herman goes three or four. Yeah. I mean, if that happens, it's probably not a good sign, but just something to think about that I think I think Domingo Herman might be someone that that we see a lot. I mean, it can't be any less against the Astros. So you might see some of those changes. Uh, I mean, I think that they'll stick with 14 hitters, 12 pitchers. They could go 13-13. You know, in a longer series, you might want more pitching, but I, I think that you can survive off of 14-12. So there's that part of it, right? Um, yep. Now the hitting side. Hicks is now going to be done, right? So you know off the bat there he's out of it. So if we assume that they stick with the 14 hitters, 12 bench guys, you got to have one hitter to replace Hicks. Now, DJ LeMay, who says he's ready, um, I'm going to ask this to you. LeMay says he's ready. Um, and, you know, a hurt DJ LeMay, who is okay. I should also say at first, Andrew Benintendi, unfortunately, news doesn't sound good there. It doesn't sound like he's coming back, which is really a bummer. I really, really wanted to see him back. Maybe if he made it to the World Series, maybe by then Benintendi makes it back in there. That's too bad. You know, I, I, it's kind of crazy. They traded from the deadline and like he ends up really not playing into this. Um, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. So DJ might, you know, return. Mm-hmm. But there's also Oswald Peraza. So if it were you... And I'll give you my opinion after, but would you go with DJ or Peraza? I mean, you know, I feel it, it's a tough it's a call. Tough one. It is tough because, you know, first of all, DJ has had success against Houston, you know. Um, yes. You know, if it wasn't for that Altuve walk-off home run, DJ would probably be a hero amongst yes. uh, people. But um Anyway, yes. I, you know, the, it, it's hard, you know, veteran. Do you want the veteran leadership here? Do you want the guy that's experienced that? Yes. If you are, you, you're going to get a guy that's probably 80 percent of what he is normally. Right. Um, or maybe even worse, just because of the nature of the injury and how finicky it is, it seems like. Um, yeah. Or do you get someone that's, you know, younger that, you know, and, and, and you could also argue maybe has more hunger to beast like is going to be a little bit more hungry to be successful to succeed um you know just a competitive spirit of being young and unaccomplished not that dj is like you know unmotivated or something like that but um it's a tough call um you know you know with the with the injury to his foot like i don't know how much of a like in terms of defense wise defensively i don't really know i'm a little nervous about that you know? Yeah. 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 No, look, it, like, and that's, it's one of those things that's easy to debate. And I'll also throw it, here's another thing that I'll throw out there that I, that I would want to happen. Here's what I want, but it's not going to happen. What mm-hmm. I want is for, um, 
Peraza to start at short, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he's going to go from not being the roster to starting at short just because I don't really have faith in Cabrera or IKF uh, on the defensive side of things at short. Plus, I like Peraza's bat. So the games in Houston, it sounds like Stanton might play left, which would be kind of awesome because then you could then get Carpenter at DH, assuming that Carp is able to kind of you know find himself a little bit. Um, and that, that's just that's just in Houston. Yankee Stadium, they might go for more of a defensively aligned uh, outfield. So I would almost prefer to go Peraza, Peraza at short. Um, Get DJ on the roster and just say, like, Marwin, like, thanks, but, like, we're, we're good. We're good here. Yeah. Like, like I know I know Marwin, because, like, then as Waldo Cabrera, he could kind of be, like, your utility guy that Marwin is. Now, I understand Marwin is more sound defensively, and I think it's wishful thinking. I mean, not that they – I don't think they care about stuff like this, but, like, you know, Marwin was on the Astros. I think Marwin's going to be on this roster. I don't, I don't even have – I don't even hate him. It's just – he's just – He's not exciting, right? No, like totally. I, I, I get it. Yeah. Like, like there's excitement and DJ. Like, as poor as he's been since his injury, like it's still it, it is still DJ. You kind of just hope on like some magic right. somehow. That's, that's what it is, exactly. So, so I think I, I'm curious to see. You know, we'll, we'll find out about that. Um, you know, I guess within the next 12 hours or so yeah. Um, on that roster. But a, a lot of decisions to be had for the Yankees. And, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of scrutiny that came from the DS roster. And you might kind of get that again in the CS. Because, I mean, to me, leaving off Peraza was just not the right thing to do. I think that he could have been useful, definitely. But they're just slow playing it with him for some reason. I don't know why. I see a lot of good young players on these other teams that are really helping them, you know, move forward. But for some reason, we're just not willing to give them the chance. But maybe the sixth injury can open up that spot. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it's very frustrating because it's almost like we had 162 games to experiment with certain stuff and see what works. And it's almost like in this ALDX, for example, it's like this whole situation with the bullpen and navigating it and then in game four not going to homes and then there's like this controversy and then you know all the things with tyone then coming in in the 10th when we probably could have used someone else and that all the mismanagement of the bullpen overall and it seems like they kind of figured it out in um, like in game five for example like the the right order but it's also like why did it like why don't we have this all figured out by now um or just like trying these experiment things. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the whole Davey Garcia thing with like, like why are we like trying to try these new weird things out that these players have never been in before and expect them to perform at the highest stage. And I don't know. I just hope that like, we don't have the same issue with the, with the offensive side of the ball now where we're going to get cute with certain lineup adjustments because we want to like try things out against Houston. And, and, and I, I just worry about that. And I don't want to, I, I feel like we can't like veer too far off the path. Like we have to, we do have to stick with what works. And then like you said, mentioned earlier about Stanton doing that. That's I like that move with Carpenter and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just get like, you know, like if DJ is not good to go, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess my point is just like, I, I'm not happy with Boone and how he's managed things, you know, obviously. And I just don't want, I don't want to see more of the same in this. This is the ALCS. We can't be fucking around with 
with cute stuff, you know, whatever that may be. I can't think of anything like, a, but just something, you know, like there's something that's always bound to pop up and I just please, I don't know. I, I, I please don't do anything stupid, man. We've seen them do it time and time again. And, and it almost cost them like game yeah. three, really, you got cute. Um, you, you, you did in terms of like, and look at that time, I was not like really trusting Clay Holmes to be fair. I wasn't. But like the reasoning is just is a bit ridiculous. Like you gotta you gotta attack the moment as well. There there was cutesiness going on there. They they were trying to kind of like avoid him, you know, in hopes that you know like. But but you had to kind of you had to win there. You had to play for it today. Like it wasn't an emergency situation. I mean, Aaron, it, it's you know it's a best of five game three tied up at one. Like I I would kind of say that's kind of an emergency situation. So you know, like you said, you 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 would like to have define roles as much as you can right like i'm open i'm open to experimenting in some spots right, right? like like you said with stanton right um that, that's okay it, it is but you know the good thing about what happened here with the bullpen is i think you're starting to get some sense of roles um but i like the fact that like with chapman it was all right chapman the ninth chapman the ninth like that's what it is even though like clearly there were better options here i like that it's kind of you could kind of trust a few different players in different opportunities. And, you know, it seems like Wandy has kind of found himself like down, you know, in that ninth inning role. But I think if the, if the situation presented itself where he needed to come in earlier, he would. So I do like that, that level of flexibility, but I definitely do hear you. Um, and it's just so crazy that, you know, they finally kind of pulled the plug on Connor Falafa this late in the game. Like, guys, you had months to do That's that. That's what I were mean. You, it's like, like, yeah, like, I mean, what, what were all those regular season games for? Like, we just thought those were pre Like, it just didn't make – I don't know. Like, how do we not have almost, this all figured out by now? That I guess that's my, my main point. And I, look, I, it's almost like they didn't want to hurt Connor Falefa's feel. It, really, yeah. I think it's. I, I think they were being very protective of Connor Falefa and didn't want to upset him. Like, and he's a good stand-up dude, but you do confidence. I think wanes with him. Like, you wanna you wanna build him up almost. Um, but look, like they 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 should have done it. Like they should have tried Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza more at short than they did. Um, you know, they were on the team. Yeah, there were some spots where they play, but not too often. And then in game 166 elimination game, that's when you do it. I don't mind that you did it, but you waited that long. There should have been more it would have been okay to experiment more in certain situations because there was a point when the Yankees really did have a pretty firm grip on the AL East. Like you could have started to do it. We saw it a little bit in the bullpen where they were trying things out. Yeah. So it's just, I'm not sure, you know, if it was an admittance of fault, like they would never say that. I go like, yeah, like Izzy's pressing. Like, okay, like, yeah, he, I guess he's been pressing all year. Like, so, you know, stuff like that. I am sure, Casey, that, just like game three kind of felt like this could be remembered for a while, but it won't be now as much because we won. There will be moments in this Astros series where we are left absolutely perplexed <laughs> by things that happen that yeah. it's just like, how? I know. I, I, I already know it's going to happen. It's just bizarre. Like, it's just like crazy that it's like, it's basically a guaranteed thing that just some head scratching moves going to happen, but whatever. That's, I guess just, that's just baseball, especially in the, in the modern era and, and, everything like that but um but with all that being said we're we're in it you know this is it i mean you know i know we you know look the astros are probably all in all a better team than us really you know what i mean um i don't know like 
you know, it, it, you know, they, they are the favorites, I think, for a reason. Um, the reason why, you know, they were the number one seed for a reason. It's going to be extremely tough. But, you know, I mean, we just saw that the Phillies knocked off the Braves and the Padres, the Dodgers last round. And now they, you know, just finished their first game against each other. Baseball's a weird sport. Anything can happen. And, um, you know, the Yankees owe the Astros. You know, they owe them an ass beating. You know what I mean? And maybe this might, you know, let's just hope that this is the year, man. You know, we yeah. fuck any walk off uh, home runs from Altuve or, you know, I just feel like Alvarez is going to fucking fuck us over somehow. So just let's just try and shut these guys down. Guriel, uh, come on, man. You know, yeah, it's, it's time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for, for my, you know, last words uh, for this here episode, um, like you exactly said, I mean, the hunger is there for both sides, but the Yankees, like, they lost to them, even dating back to 2015, which, like, that doesn't feel like it's within this era, and that's kind of true. I mean, you still did have Altuve, you still had Correa, who's gone now, but, you know, that was Tanaka versus Dallas Keuchel, wild card game, it, we get shut out. And at that point, like, there was no rivalry at all, but, but it's still, you know, it was 2015, two years later the infamous 2017 series, which, you know, that was looking back on it. Like that was, should have been the beginning of an era there for the Yankees. That was kind of the like, baby you, bomber know, think, era, you know, the baby bombers. I mean, I think for us, I mean, really maybe our favorite Yankee among this era, probably our favorite Yankee team, 17, it wasn't Hands the most down. talented, but, but it was. And, and, so, and so that one always hurts. Obviously the, the cheating scandal and, and look like that doesn't excuse the lack of Yankee hitting. As well, like right. I, whenever I say that, I don't mean it to, to as an excuse because the Yankees didn't hit. Um, so there's that, and then 2019 again, where um, you lose it in six. Astros win again there. These you know the Altuve ripping off the shirt, the buzzer shit, like you know all that. And, and now here we are, like this. This might be like you just never know. Like could we see Yankees Astros again? Maybe, but like think about Aaron Judge specifically. He's he wasn't there in 15. Right. The only one that still remains from 15 would technically be like Seve. Uh, and even then, Tanaka pitched that game. But, um, like, it's time. Uh, like, like it, it, they – I don't – if I'm being honest with myself, like, I don't think that we will win the series. But we're more than capable of doing it. This is not like a huge differential. This Astro team is a very good team. But I think if you compare it to teams of, of, of years past, it's not um, – it's not as good as some of the previous Astro teams. Mm -hmm. You know, George Springer, gone. Carlos Correa, gone, even though Jeremy Pena is really doing well. And yes, you do have a Jordan Alvarez that is a much better Alvarez than the one that we saw in 19. But look, I mean, you can you can beat this team and you should be as hungry as ever. I mean, uh, for the players that were still there, not many are still left from 17, but there's still a bunch from 19. Um, and, and even the new players, they know the story. They know what it is. I mean, it's time. It's time for the Yankees to slay the dragon. Yeah, it is like, exactly. like it, like it has to be, it has to be done. Um, if you don't get it done, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, you know, again, no offense to Cleveland, no offense, but like, if you lost to Cleveland, like that's a different conversation. That's like, you know, that's, that's where you start talking about, all right, like, what is our future hold? This is a different, this is different. This is like. And maybe, maybe maybe that conversation still does exist, but like the Yankees, they got to do it. It ha they they have to. I'm tired of seeing Bregman. 
I'm tired of seeing Jose Altuve. I'm tired of seeing Yuli Gurriel. I'm tired of seeing Justin Verlander. I'm tired of seeing Lance McCullers. Like, I'm tired of these motherfuckers yeah. celebrating and knocking us out. Like, you gotta, if I'm the Yankees, I'm watching fucking tape of when we lost those teams and just let it, like, fester up inside you and say, like, we cannot let this happen again. We can't be the ones walking up the field. We have to be celebrating and beating these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, yes, it, would it be, you know, like a, a total failure if we lose to the Astros? No, of course not. But, you know, th th there's a lot riding on this series just because, I mean, this is, you know, we could have not been able to get past this team ever, you know, Uh you know, if we get like swept, for example, then, you know, these conversations might happen similar to Cleveland's and stuff like that because it'd be such an embarrassment. But, I, you know, I don't know. I still feel like Boone could still be in trouble even if we don't, you know, even if we kind of push this a little bit. I mean, I guess everything is dependent on game script. I'm getting ahead exactly. of myself here, but um, it's just super important. Yeah, like you said, it's just it's time. You know, Judge has been through this. A lot of these players have been through this whole thing. They know the deal. They know the story. Um, you know, like let's dethrone, you know, slay the dragon and come on, man. World That's Series. the hope. That's the hope. And and the Padres and Phillies, not to take anything away from them, because honestly, like, if you somehow divot the Astros, there could be a bit of a world there could be a bit of a hangover. I, I think back to 03 against the Red Sox with the you know the Boone Homer. Right. You know, against the against the Marlins, it was almost like, you know, yeah. they came down a bit. So not that that should happen, and I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but my, my point is you would have home field advantage versus either the Phillies or the Padres. Not the 110-win not the Dodgers, not the defending World Series Braves. Not to take anything away and anything can happen, but, like, the path is there. This is, right. to me, the challenge. This is it. The, the Astros series, this is arguably, within this whole playoffs, this could be. Um, going into it at least, pomp and circumstance-wise, like this could be the series of the playoffs. Um, you have to think that even the casual sports fan, they want it's yeah, these Astros. Like Absolutely. we want to know what's we want to know what's going on here. So like all eyes will be on them, and you know I, I just really hope that we can get this done. I can't wait, man. So yes, game one tomorrow, Houston Astros, New York Yankees. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll be here to discuss game one and recap what we saw, hopefully in a positive light and we're not upset. Um, but yeah, Derek, it's been real. Once again, New York's number two sports show. Guys, please like and subscribe. We also do Rangers and Giants content. Big Blue, big victory against the Ravens. Derek, congratulations. My Jets, 4-2, just beat the Packers in Lambeau. Feels really good to finally be over 500 which seems like a millennia um so um yeah all good things around man blessed to be a new york sports fan right now it was a little bit of a lull for a while but yeah. uh things seem to be turning around um so yeah let's go yankees and everybody will talk to you soon